when it comes to foreign policy, you couldn't have a more stark difference between the Democrat Party and the Republican Party. Again, we're not here to bash political parties or lift them up. We're talking about being biblical because so nothing is more clear than what the believer is supposed to do regarding Israel. This is Pastor George Pearsons. I welcome you again to another edition of the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. And we're talking about faith for our nation. In preparation for these upcoming midterm elections, we are recognizing that we are the difference, difference makers, that we are the ones that need to be going to the polls because the Lord is looking to us to make sure that the biblical principles of this nation are upheld. I'm here with my co-host, Buddy Pilgrim, and then Congresswoman Michelle Bachman. Welcome back to the broadcast today. What a time we've been having. Oh. And, it's and been I, marvelous. I want to remind everybody that if you've missed any of these broadcasts, you can go back to kcm.org to our archive. You can watch them. Also, all of the notes, these wonderful notes that Michelle yeah. has put together uh, for these broadcasts, these, these are truly amazing. They're available to you right now. Go to our website, look at the picture of us, click onto it, and it'll take you to the notes of these broadcasts. So today we're talking about foreign policy mm -hmm. and the importance of foreign policy. Go ahead. We are. Uh, people don't often think when they go into the voting booth or think a lot about what is foreign policy going to mean to them. They think about their pocketbook. They think about their families, which as they should. But foreign policy has more impact on people's lives than they can imagine, especially for believers. Because what is it that we care about? We care about Israel. And we care about making sure that our nation stands in a pathway of blessing regarding Israel. Yes. Because we yep. know and believe what the scripture says in Genesis Genesis 12:3. Those individuals and those nations whose God is the Lord, yes. who bless Israel, will themselves be blessed. That's but right. so too, those nations that curse Israel will also be cursed. We know at the very end of time, from the book of Joel, Joel chapter 3, and also from Matthew 25:31, Jesus talks about the valley of decision. Yes. At the very yeah. end, just we will be judged, but also nations are judged. Nations will be brought down to the valley of decision. And the Joel chapter 3 says, what will be the reason that they're judged? They're judged on how they treat Zion. Yeah. I'm a part of a ministry bringing the gospel yeah. to the United yeah. Nations. Let me tell you, the scorecard across the world is pretty bad right now. Most of the nations at the UN slap up Israel every chance every they get. Chance, yeah. Because the difference makers, the people who are watching your show, evangelicals showed up two years ago. Because of that, the United States has been put in a pathway of blessing because of the decision Donald Trump made exactly. to open up the U.S. Embassy. So we can't forget in here in Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. you. We can't forget at the top of the show to remember uh, Psalms. What it says, blessed yeah. is the nation whose God That's is right. the Lord. Right. From that, we remember that who were the difference makers? You who are watching this show. Let's take a look at those slides. Who are you? The decision makers make up about 
uh, 9% of the American population. It is 20 million adults. You are fiscal, social, and governance conservatives. You are born-again believers who attend church and read the Bible. You believe that the Bible is trustworthy and true. You're active politically. You're active in your church. You register to vote, and you frequently vote. However, when you are not voted, when you are not motivated, you stay home. You were motivated mm. two years ago in yep. 2016. Yep. You went to the polls, and you are the reason that we have Donald Trump for our president. You are the reason that the Israel embassy was moved to Jerusalem and was designated as the as the uh, embassy in uh, Jerusalem. Look, I want to go back and reemphasize a point that I made on yesterday's broadcast. The numbers you're showing here, these statistics. Yep. Nine percent are spiritually active, governmentally engaged. But now we have more than nine percent Christians in the United That's States. Right. Yeah. So That's what right. that tells yeah. us is there may be many of you out there who are great sp- spiritually point, active, great but point. you may have never thought it to be important <laughs> yeah. to be governmentally engaged. Yeah. In fact, one of my favorite pastors here in the Metroplex, I'm not going to mention his name uh, on, on the broadcast uh, because that, that doesn't really matter, but he's a wonderful pastor. He's got a great church here in the Metroplex. And during the 2016 election, as a part of my engagement in that election, I was very actively engaged in it, you know, and the, the things that I did first for Senator Cruz and then for President Trump and their presidential campaigns. Right. I sat down and talked to him. We spent a couple of hours together one day. We had some great talk about the Lord and, and how important it is to have an impact on your community and all those things. And then when we turned to talking about government, it was like... You're talking it, about this pastor. I'm talking about this pastor, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, his whole countenance just changed. And he said, I've been a pastor for, I think it's over 20 years. Yeah. I just now realize, he said, it just hit me. I've never been engaged in politics or in the government, because I've never thought that was important. And he said, I realize now I've been missing a significant place of my influence on this earth by not being actively engaged in that. And since then, not only did he get involved and get his congregation involved in the 2016 election, he's actually got an office in Washington, D.C. now, and he stays that engaged in ministering to congressmen and senators and in promoting our values. And he's taking the gospel, he's pushing (laughs) the gospel because you took the time to sit down with him. So the point is, there's over half of the country is spiritually active in some way. We need to get more than 9% who are spiritually active and governmentally engaged. And that's why Brother Copeland wanted you to lead these broadcasts, George, is for us to all realize how important for us is for us to not just be spiritually active, but to be salt and light. You've used that term earlier this year. If we're salt and we're not used, we're not rubbed on something, we're not applied, then we're of no benefit. We're just cast on the ground. and, And let's look at the next slide about when believers actually got governmentally engaged, this is why Donald Trump won the election two years ago because there was a 91% level yeah. of turnout of those 9% <laughs> so of so Americans good. who were difference yeah. makers and of those who turned out, they voted almost unilaterally 94% for Donald Trump. Yeah. That is the difference. So spiritually active, that's where it all begins. Uh, yeah. But you've got to be governmentally engaged. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the exciting thing about what happened. We've seen the results, but now we have everything on the line for this election and we've got to be engaged this time as well. Here's a slide that I think people need to see. The world was set on fire by Islamic terrorism and aggressive regimes in Iran, in North Korea, in China, and in Russia. 
What happened in the in the last administration? People sensed that the United States was weak. Weakening, yeah. Mm-hmm. They had they had ample reason to, to make that calculation because we were declining economically, we were declining militarily, we were declining with our influence on the w- world stage. Let me just tell you the way things work in the real world. Yeah. If you are weak, you will be preyed upon. You will be preyed upon. And that's exactly what happened um, at the end of the last administration and as of that calculation. And let me tell you what the flashpoint was. June 9th, 2009, President Obama gave an infamous speech in Cairo in Egypt at El-Azhar University, the Harvard of the Islamic um, education world. In that speech, notably absent, was the president of Egypt. Mm-hmm. So the president of the country was, was absent, yeah. but who was in the front row and made the guest of honor? The Muslim Brotherhood, yeah. the, the radical terrorist organization, the Muslim Brotherhood. That's who President Obama put in the front row. Let me tell you, that was a shot heard around the world yes. at the inception of his yeah. presidency. And on foreign policy, the world knew, hey, There's a completely different kind of president sitting in the White House versus today with Donald Trump, who's an avid fan of Israel, who's done, who's been the most pro-Israel president we've ever had. Now, contrast that also with another president that we've had recently, Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan also came in to a weakened U.S. economy and a weakened U.S. military. Uh, Ronald Reagan unbelievably ended what's known as the Cold War, the standoff between the mm-hmm. United States and Russia. Right. How did He right. did that without firing one shot. How did he do it? He strengthened the U.S. economy, yeah. and he strengthened the U.S. military. That's how he defeated an atheistic um, economy in Russia, and also they were willing to be a very strong military powerhouse, but he w- became, he was called a warmonger president. He was actually the president who brought the greatest amount of peace in the world. Amen. Ronald Reagan was beloved by people across the world because he used wisdom and biblical godly values to bring about world peace. So these are not small issues. These are consequential issues of American foreign policy, peace, what our position will be toward Israel. And and our, our responsibility is to the world. Yes. As opposed to being an isolated nation. That's right. We, we, America has a responsibility to the rest of the world. Our commission is to go into all the world. Christians, particularly. And so that's what our nation is called to do as well. That's right. And so uh, uh, President Trump's um, statement is, make America great again. And it's also America first. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with making sure that your family Mm -hmm. and your family Mm -hmm. and your business and your ministry, that's your number one priority. That's what it should be. That's normal. That's common sense. But out of the strong, solid foundation in your family and your business and your ministry, out of that foundation, out of the excess that you earn, from there, you can use that money, you can use the time, you can use your talents, and then go around the world and bless and bring the gospel and help people. You you mentioned President Reagan's philosophy of peace through strength. Yes. You can't have strength unless you have both military strength and economic strength. In fact, you can't sustain military strength unless you have economic strength, which is what was the ultimate fall of the Soviet Union. They had military strength until they tried to 
keep up with President Reagan's buildup of the U.S. military here, and they couldn't do it because their economy was weak, because it was not a uh, capitalist economy. It was a socialist economy. Right. It was a governmentally controlled economy, and that's why it's so important for us to, uh, for us to understand the yeah. economic things that we're talking about this week, the foreign policy things we're talking about this week, and the differences between the Republican and the Democrat platform on every one it of these issues. It is a stark contrast, a complete stark contrast. Mm. I lived through this um, during those years of the Obama administration. I saw the gutting of the U.S. military to the lowest levels we had ever seen yeah. before. And it put the United States in a place of weakness. And this is no joke. This is serious stuff because we literally saw hundreds of thousands of people killed in Syria and Iraq because of a foolish decision on a troop drawdown. And it was the rise of the Islamic State. This is no joke. And that's why it's so important that we put a man in as president of the United States or a woman who gets these issues and who knows what to do. Let's take a look at this video clip from President Trump. Mm -hmm. We're going to come out with some plans in a very short time. We're going to be building up our military. We're going to make our military so big and so strong and so great. And it will be so powerful that I don't think we're ever going to have to use it. Nobody's going to mess with us. That I can tell you. You see, that's the whole goal. You want a military that is so strong, nobody ever messes <laughs> yeah, with yeah. you. Yeah, that's right. That's what Ronald Reagan did. That's yeah. how he solved the problem yeah. of the Cold War without firing a shot. That's exactly what Donald Trump is doing, too. And it's a strategy that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Donald Trump, people forget, defeated the Islamic yeah. State. Do you remember during all those years under Barack Obama, we were, quote, fighting the Islamic State and we would never right, get anywhere? Right. Well, isn't it amazing? In a couple of months, Donald Trump went in, defeated the Islamic State. They were done mm. because he was serious about that. And by doing that, he helped to save the lives probably of hundreds of thousands of innocent Muslims, yes. men, women, and yes, children yes, in yes. Syria and Iraq. And we can thank him for that. Here's what else Donald Trump has done. He has recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital and relocated our embassy there. Here's a videotape of Donald Trump. Therefore, I have determined that it is time to officially recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. It was one of the greatest honors and highlights of my life to be invited. And, Buddy, you were there, too. There. You were invited. to the Brother Copeland was there as and well. Brother Copeland was there as well to be invited to the opening of the U.S. Embassy. There were only 800 invitations given mm -hmm. to come Special. and attend that ceremony. And literally, it was like the fulfillment of Scripture that said we were like ones in a dream. We couldn't believe that we were there. And we were just proxies. Millions of people brought about that day. I especially want to thank the pastors in pulpits all across the United States over centuries that preach the Bible. And again, yes. we're not saying be political. Preach well, biblically. Yeah. Yeah. Just preach yeah. what the Bible says. The Bible is very clear in the Old Testament. The lead character is God. The second character is Israel in the Old Testament. You can't not know that our role is to bless Israel. Yeah.
That is our role. Oh, and when we do, we are singularly blessed as a nation. Yeah. When That's why I think it was so important for us to be there. You know, that pastor Amen. I mentioned earlier yes. that had never been active, right, and all of a sudden right, he's right. active. He was, in Is- he was in Israel for the, US dedica- for the dedication of the U.S. Embassy over there. And of course, yeah. Brother Copeland and I went, and you were there. Many yes. others were there. And us being there was a part of us blessing Israel. Think if you had a friend who had just bought a beautiful new home or something like that, and they were going to move, they moved into it, and they were going to have a housewarming party, and nobody came. Well, that wouldn't be a blessing to them. That would really be a rejection of them. That's why it was important that people of faith, like Brother Copeland, myself, and you, and this whole list of pastors and and faith leaders from around the country and around the world were there that day. Now, were Democrats invited? Oh, of course they were. We had had a big contingent of Republican U.S. senators and Republican U.S. House members. Every Democrat senator was invited. Every Democrat House member was invited. Not one. Not one Democrat senator or Democrat House member came. I sat in the front row, right front and center at the ceremony. And I was sitting right by them, but not one came. Now, what is amazing to me, again, this is what we're talking about, is the stark contrast between the two political parties over biblical issues. So Democrats were all invited. Not one Democrat decided to go. It's thumbing your nose at it. And it's it, the Democrat Party before under Scoop Jackson, who was a Democrat, was highly pro-Israel, very pro-Israel. Israel was a bipartisan issue in the United States Congress the entire time yeah. I was there. This but was it's, unbelievable. It's, again, it's that, that, that the platform. The platform. The, they've it, taken a quantum leap jump to the left, to the political it, radical left, yeah. by saying... We think more about being Democrats than we think about being pro-Israel. Well, what does that tell you when they're in power? When they're in power, they won't even bother going to what Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, said was the fourth most consequential event in Israel's history. Yeah, Yeah, that's big. The fourth most event was that Donald Trump designated (laughs) Jerusalem our U.S. embassy in Jerusalem, in the capital. Now, that is unbelievable. We made that designation. We're the big dog on the block, so to speak, in the world. Guatemala was the second nation that designated Jerusalem as the capital. Then Paraguay followed. Other nations are going to follow. We needed to do that because we did that. Now the United States is in a pathway of blessing and we have set up Israel in a position of strength Yes. because mm-hmm. now the world knows we've taken away. This is what Donald Trump did. He gave legitimacy to the Jewish people. He gave legitimacy to their right to the land of Israel. Yeah. And he gave legitimacy to Jerusalem as their capital. The biggest I, I, cudgel, I, you might say, yeah. the biggest club yeah. that the Palestinians use, the enemies use against Israel, is propaganda, a lie, a lie that Israel has no right to their capital. Donald Trump took that off the table. Well, it, it's, it's game over. Israel. It is game <laughs> it's, it's over good. because it's all good. they had is a lie. They yeah. have nothing else to go on. And so now the world is reeling because they realize this is a settled issue. The Jews get to stay there. The, this is their land and this is their capital. But Do you realize how huge that, this maintain is? maintain that, we have to keep the House and the Senate. Oh. We can't let it swing the other way. Absolutely. And shut down the president That's right. from doing what he needs to do in foreign policy. Absolutely, we need to because, again, you have the Democrat and the Republican Party platform. Yeah. And as we spoke about in a previous show, 
The Democrat Party has taken a weird quantum leap to the left. Yes. They're even more yeah. left than what their platform shows now. And they are embracing this new strain called Democrat Socialists. And we, I think we have a photo of the new Democrat Socialist face of this party. This is what the platform says of yeah. the Democrat Socialist Party. And I encourage all of your listeners yeah. to go to the DSA.org website, yeah. and you'll see what the platform says. The platform says... All Jews, every Jew should leave the land, the physical land of Israel, and be removed. They don't say where they should go. They don't say if it's genocide or what. But they say all Jews should leave and the whole land should be given to Palestine. That's their view. Couple that with the fact that not one sitting Democrat even bothered to go to the opening of the embassy. I'm telling you, you couldn't have, when it comes to foreign policy... You couldn't have a more stark difference between the Democrat Party and the Republican Party. Again, we're not here to bash political parties or lift them up. We're talking about being biblical. Because so nothing is more clear than what the believer is supposed to do regarding Israel. It was through our vote that invoked the blessing back on this nation because right. of the decision That's that right. Donald Trump made to move that embassy. We do not want to shirk our responsibility and invoke the curse back on this nation by not voting and allowing right. allowing the House and the Senate to fall into hands that are obviously against Israel. Exactly. Because let, let, me, let me tell exactly. you what Donald Trump did the day that we were there for the opening of the embassy. He gave Israel a birthday present because he opened the embassy on the exact yes, day exactly. of Israel's 70th yeah, yeah. birthday, which biblically is the lifespan of a man. So that's a position of strength now that Israel's coming from. He gave them the birthday gift of breaking the terrible, disastrous Iran agreement, where former President Barack Obama gave $150 billion yes. to Iran. What's yes. Iran? Yes. The chief state sponsor of terrorism in the world. In the world. The, the, behind the wars in Yemen, Syria, Iraq, Gaza, Lebanon, Indonesia, and of course against Israel. That's the religious leader, the Islamic leader, Ayatollah Khomeini. He wrote a book that said that in 25 years, Iran will annihilate Israel. I'm just here to tell you, that isn't going to happen. God is going to annihilate um, the plans of those who would curse <laughs> Israel. That's what's going to happen. But we need to have Barack Obama worked with the man who wrote that book. As he wrote and published the book that he was going to annihilate yeah. Israel in 25 years, Barack Obama took 150 billion bucks out of his pocket and gave it to the man who said, I'm going to annihilate Israel in 25 years. You want to talk about a stark contrast yes. between Democrats and Republican positions on, yeah. on foreign policy? And here you have Donald Trump who says, we're going to put our embassy in Jerusalem. And oh, by the way, that is Israel's rightful capital. You couldn't have a bigger compare and contrast. And Barack Obama, or, or I'm sorry, Donald Trump broke that treaty. Because he broke that treaty with Iran, that means the, the, the hardest sanctions are coming on Iran. 
Thankfully, that regime is in economic big trouble. And the people in Iran who are good people, they are people actually who love America. That's right. And they would That's love right. to have freedom. And we are praying for the gospel to go forth as it already is into Iran in a number of ways. I actually think in our lifetime we're going to see the hateful terrorist-oriented leaders of Iran leave. And I think we're going to see a difference. You know why? It's because Donald Trump won the presidency, and it's because we had a we House gotta hold and Senate it. Last we got to hold the House, we got to hold the Senate to we keep these to. things going forward, Pastor. That's right, that's right. We are standing together in faith, and, and I'll give you a quick word. We'll expound on this on another broadcast, but I'll give you a quick word that I just keep getting back and forth, back and back in my heart. Jesus will meet you at the polls. Amen. <laughs> you better be there. I'll be right back. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.